the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast and the scene is set. Uh, we officially have Super Bowl 56 in the matchup of the two teams. The Cincinnati Bengals looking for the first ever NFL Super Bowl title and the L.A. Rams are uh, going to be hosting them because uh, it's happening inside their home stadium there at SoFi. Uh, opening line at DraftKings Sportsbook. L.A. opened at four and a half, and then that immediately came down to four. I grabbed the Bengals, uh, London, at four and a half when I saw it uh, when that line posted right after the NFC title game uh, you know, wrapped up last night. And the total, uh, some of the books I saw as high as 50, it was 49 and a half at DraftKings. And now, right before we hopped on to tape here on this Monday morning, 49 it has slipped to. So Captain Hook <laughs> shoved aside by DraftKings. And we'll see if the other sports books then follow suit. So early lean, what are you thinking here? Whether on the spread, whether on the total, what's your best bet at initial glance? Well, I, I mean, I was like you. I, I sprinkled a little bit at four and a half when it first uh, when it first populated because I was willing to do that. And in fact, if you want to get yourself that extra hook, it only takes it from a minus one ten to a minus one twenty. Um, so you're not really paying that much juice should you decide you want to um, jump on it. But I'm leaning towards the Bengals to be able to keep it close. Now, I am a little bit concerned that Von Miller will eat Joe Burrow for lunch. <laughs> yeah. And Aaron because, Donald, the both of them, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to be the buns, and then Burrow's going to be the meat of the sandwich. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that after, uh, you know, watching Burrow get sacked nine times, uh, you know, two weeks ago. So uh, and we know that L.A. is more than capable of doing it. And we've seen Von Miller do it in a Super Bowl in California before. So, you know, those kinds of things could come back uh, and repeat themselves. And it wouldn't surprise me at all because Von Miller has looked like the Von Miller of Super Bowl 50 uh, over the course of the last few weeks. But I'm going to lean towards the Bengals to keep it close, obviously, uh, in in yesterday's game. Uh, against the Chiefs. Everybody's counting them out. I think the live line uh, got up to about plus 800 uh, on Cincinnati when they were losing. I heard that it got actually above that. Yeah, I saw 900. Somebody sent me a screen grab and they grabbed it uh, at the lowest point or the, you know, highest odds and man that was a handsome ticket to cash well and it it was happening when the chiefs were driving at the end of the second quarter yeah um was the reason why that live line money line on cincinnati kept climbing because it looked like kansas city was going to score going into halftime um and so I, I, but here you got Cincinnati that fights back. And so that's the reason why I like the plus four and a half. I, I think, you know, my my early feeling is that the Rams are going to win this um, game against the Bengals. But that said, we know that the Bengals can climb back in against anybody. This is just going to be a different defense for Burrow. Yeah, well, look, he has been uh, placed under duress in the postseason on 36% of his dropbacks. So that offensive line is going to have to play at the level that they showed in the second half. And, you know, I got to get credit to the coaching staff, the Cincinnati Bengals, particularly the defensive side, the adjustments that they made in that second half, dropping eight men back in coverage, and they were bracketing Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey had the world's greatest quarterback completely discombobulated. I'd never seen Mahomes look that human in that kind of moment ever before, and he folded. 
like a house of cards as a result of it. And that was the real key to springboarding this Cincinnati Bengals uh, team into the postseason. So they're going to have to bring their A game defensively because you got another, you know, heavy bombardment of options that you're going to be going toe-to-toe against with, you know, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, who has been on fire, Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver right now in the NFL, uh, Tyler Higby, hopefully he'll get back and healthy and on the field after that ankle roll uh, in the NFC title game. But, man, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm glad there's fresh blood in there, too. You know, Me, too. That, is, one, that is my favorite things, regardless of it being – you know, if it had been Cincinnati, if it had been, uh, you know, if, if it had been Buffalo, uh, I am just happy to be looking at a Super Bowl. Um, and you and I have covered a lot of these uh, yep. there in person. And son of a bitch, Brad, it is nice to not be talking about the same players and the same storylines. <laughs> over. I, I know that sounds I mean, you know, talk about first world problems here. Right. I mean, I, I, I know it sounds stupid for Brad and I to say that. But honestly, when you do as much of this as we do, combine that with our fandom. It's nice to have two different teams. Absolutely. And that is certainly going to be the case uh, with the Rams and the Bengals, the Bengals, like I said trying to seek their first title ever. And with that, let's get to it with another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, Lundy, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the pool here. And look, we got days. We got two weeks before the big game. So we got to build up the bankroll and some of the other sports that are going on right now. So on this Manic Monday, let's drop the puck and make some bucks. What do you got for me in the NHL? Brad, let's go to Hockey Town. Let's go to Detroit. They will be hosting uh, the Anaheim Ducks, who suddenly have seen a resurgence as Troy Terry returned for them, uh, their uh, leading scorer. Um, and in this one, we're actually going to focus in on the total. Um, I, I, I think Anaheim is going to stay hot and probably manage to beat the Red Wings, but every now and then Detroit sneaks up and surprises you. But I'm going to focus in on the total because I'm a little surprised that it is sitting at only a five and a half. Folks, if you're listening, you want to make a bet on this one, grab it because it's already juiced up a bit. It's at minus 120, and I think it might climb a little bit as we go throughout the day. This is a matchup between these two that I think the over-under should be at six, probably, just a flat six. And so if it's at five and a half, and I'm going to get the advantage of that uh, that hook, I'm going to take it. The Red Wings are playing um, their third game in four days. Uh, If you look historically over their last five that they've had to do this, they've hit the over in four out of those five. So you just start to get a little bit tired legs. um, And then you add in the fact that Detroit allows 3.44 goals per contest. Mm. Um, They've got uh, a bit of uh, a loose defense, shall we say. Loosey goosey. Yeah, the puck is finding the back of the net uh, for Detroit a lot. Uh, so, like I said, they're allowing 3.44. Anaheim, middle of the pack at 2.79. So, I'm no math major, but you add that together, and that gets you up over six goals. So, I'm going to take the over at a minus 120. Take the over five and a half between the Red Wings and the Ducks. Sound the sirens! We need biscuits in the basket! Number four. All right, let's go to the NBA. And I'm going to, again, try to extend the olive branch, uh, try to scribble a peace treaty, and hopefully he'll sign it uh, with Joel Embiid, a man who has thwarted me multiple times, whether I have faded him or I have followed him on his various NBA pros. And I'm going to do a same-game parlay here, Lundy. I'm going to get this at plus 110. It's a three-legger, all 76ers, including Embiid, uh, and I put this together at BetMGM at the plus 110 odds. Uh, here we go. Joel Embiid, 25-plus points scored. Uh, and then I'm going to go with Seth Curry, Steph's younger brother on 12 
or more points scored. And then Seth Curry, two or more made triples. Uh, and if all three of those legs hit again, plus 110 at BetMGM against the Memphis Grizzlies. You look at Embiid, he has scored 25 or more points in 16 straight games. So just follow the trend here, and hopefully he will not stiff arm into oblivion. Meanwhile, Curry, he's really uh, struggled splashing the cylinder here the last three games, and he is overdue to get off the schneid, to break out of the deep freeze, and to display some of those fiery fingers. Uh, he has, however, been over the 12-point mark in 10 of his last 15 games, and he has made two or more threes in a contest in 13 of his last 15 games. Look at the matchup. Is outstanding for an outside shooter as the Grizz. Right, number 24 in three-point percentage defense in the NBA, giving up 35.8% along the arc. So, uh, to tally it all up, Joel Embiid, 25 or more points. Seth Curry, 12 or more points. Seth Curry, two or more made threes, plus 110 at BetMGM. Fade or follow. I will follow this one. I like nice, nice. and simple. Not trying to get greedy. Not no. trying to go out. I just I need a winner in the NBA, man. You know how deep of a hole I am in right now. Well, yeah, you you have dug yourself a, a pretty deep one. I've been doing the same thing in hockey lately. You know, in full disclosure, <laughs> you keep you keep granting me the floor to get us started on the ice, uh, and I just keep falling through the ice, <laughs> and they're having to send EMS to rescue me uh, over and over and over again. I'm like that lady standing on the back of her car taking selfies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like this one again. Nice and simple, not going for a huge payout, but going for something that you know are low-hanging fruit. I always get a little bit concerned about the made threes if somebody always. gets a little bit uh, – a little bit cold from outside, but let's hope that uh, Seth can uh, channel his brother there and uh, and drain him from outside for us. Yeah, let's hopefully make some bucks. Don't screw me over, Joel Embiid. Number three. All right, let's go to the world of college basketball, and let's zero in on the Summit League here, Lundy, which we don't feature very often here on the pod. And you know I love the fighting jackrabbits. A South Dakota State that they're taking on one of their conference rivals in North Dakota, eh? And I like the fighting Jackrabbits to go over 89.5 team total points minus 115 at DraftKings. Uh, this is honestly, I think, a very soft line. I know they're on the road. Uh, North Dakota is one of the worst teams in college basketball. In fact, Lundy, there are 358 teams in Division One college basketball. And the fighting Hawks, or not-so-fighting Hawks, I should say, are number 358 in adjusted defensive efficiency. So uh, they just roll out the red carpet for the opposition. A lot of easy baskets as a result. You look at some of the predictive analytics that are out there. Bart Torvik's got this forecasted as a 94-point tally for South Dakota State. Ken Palm's got it at 92. Hasla metrics. Uh, the low end of the totem pole at 91 based on their measurements. And South Dakota State can really fill up the cup. Number 12 of the nation and adjusted offensive efficiency at 1.170 points per possession scored. Number two nationally in effective field goal percentage offense. Number one in three-point percentage offense, shooting 44% from downtown. Number 19 in two-point percentage at 55.7%. And oh yeah, they make their free throws, and they get to the line early and often, 77.1%. That is 28th best among all Division One teams. So you have an electric offense. Uh, you have the worst defense possible. So this is indeed the mother of all matchups. The fighting Jackrabbits get into the 90s yet again, uh, much like they did, I believe, in the first matchup, which they hung 94 on this Hawks team. So fade or follow 
South Dakota State over 89.5 points. Minus 115 at DraftKings. I like this one. You know, sitting here in Denver, DU is part of the Summit League. So, yep. you know, when we're when we're doing uh, the television show, You Bet Tonight, we try to feature some of the Summit League teams every now and then. Probably a lot has... of Denver fades. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, there's been uh, there's been quite a few of those, not going to lie. <laughs> um, but what it has shown us, though, because of that is, uh, you know, uh, you, you wind up seeing what South Dakota State does. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, Jackrabbit pace. Let's just keep uh, let's just keep scoring and scoring. I like them to get up uh, very close to what you just talked about before. I think that 94 total see them lock and load that again uh, in this matchup. Keep jacking those shots, South Dakota State. Stick around for my top picks in the world of college basketball. Plus, bonus time in college hoops, the NBA, and the National Hockey League. Number two. All right, Lundy, let's go ahead and get back after it. Let's stay out west, and we're going to focus on a match between the fighting Steve Nashes at Santa Clara. The Broncos take it on. Pacific, and I'm going to lay the chalk here. It's a hefty sum at minus 13 and a half, but I believe Santa Clara at home will handle business minus 110 at DraftKings. You look at Santa Clara, they won at Pacific 84 to 70 earlier this month, and this team, uh, one of the best under the radar offensive clubs in the nation. They played a fast tempo, number 23 in adjusted tempo in Division I college basketball. They're shooting 37.1% from outside the arc and 52.2% inside of it. Uh, Jalen Williams and Justice, uh, they are the Splash Brothers of Santa Clara, netting a respective 43.1% from three-point range for Williams and 42.7% for Justice. And you look at Pacific, number 301 nationally, an effective field goal percentage defense. So, pull it all together, man. This is a great matchup for Santa Clara. You got the recency bias there with that 14-point win. Uh, this could be like 16-plus, so I think there's a nice value here on this minus 13-and-a-half line. So, fade or follow, Santa Clara, minus 13-and-a-half, at home against Pacific, minus 110. At DraftKings. I'll roll with you with this one as well. A little fight in Steve Nash's. I like the way you work that in. Got to get the uh, famous alumni yeah. uh, covered yeah. off of everybody. No, I, I think they cover and cover this with ease. Uh, I would agree with you. I, I, this may be 17, 18 point victory, maybe somewhere right in that range. I mean, I, I think Santa Clara just smokes them uh, and you're feeling nice and comfortable. Sometimes uh, in these conference games, when those spreads get up into the 13, 14 range, I start to get a little bit nervous. This is not one of them. Yeah, definitely. Santa Clara should easily dispense Pacific. Number one. All right, moving on. And my top play of the world of college basketball. I, I guess it's a Western theme. Yeehaw, giddy up. We got our shit kickers on here, and I think that's exactly what Wyoming's going to do to Colorado State at home. You know, here's what I love. Uh, inside uh, Arena Auditorium uh, there in Laramie, is uh, where Wyoming has a reminder at the free throw line for all the visiting teams of what the elevation is, uh, where that court is. It's 7,220 feet. If I recall correctly, Wyoming is the highest altitude of any Division I team in the land. And, yeah, I know Colorado State's used to playing at, you know, high altitudes overall there in Fort Fun and Fort Collins, but uh, they are not used to this brand of Wyoming basketball, which is a team – 
that needs to bolster the resume. And, you know, you get a nice net win here if they could hold home court. And that's why I'm taking the Cowboys plus one and a half at home against CSU. You look at Wyoming, number one in the Mountain West Conference in adjusted offensive efficiency, scoring 1.13 points per possession. And they have an arc advantage in this game. They're shooting 38.1% in conference action along the perimeter. Colorado State, which is known for its three-point shooting, has fallen cold from outside. They're only shooting 32.4% in conference action. I love Hunter Maldonado, six foot seven point guard. Can slash you to death. Uh, Graham Ike inside. Nice little inside-outside combination there. And you've got Wenzel, you've got Durrell, uh, and you've got Drake Jeffries, uh, who can really fill it up from outside. Jeffries in particular shooting 45% from three on the season. So fairly evenly matched. Uh, you know, obviously Colorado State's got all the experience there and, and you know, the, uh, the minutes that came over from last season. They're a team that a lot of people had high expectations for, and they're really delivering on that outside that uh, huge lopsided loss that they had in San Diego against the Aztecs. But I think Wyoming at home is a team that is hungry to get back for just the third time since 1988 in the NCAA tournament. And if they can secure a victory tonight, that will help bolster their resume and their odds of getting an at-large berth in the eyes of the NCAA selection committee. So, fade or follow Wyoming plus one and a half against Colorado State minus 110 at BetMGM. God, this is a tough one for me to pick, man, because I, 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 th- there's a reason this spread is only at one and a half. These two teams line up well against each yeah. other. By the way, Brad, uh, yes, Wyoming, highest elevation. Do you know who the second is? Uh, CU. Uh, no, Air Force, actually. Oh! There oh, you go. Yeah. I just thought I'd throw that out there for you in oh, case people you. like little tidbits. Maybe you wind up on Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to follow because I actually think the home court is going to play into this, not because of the elevation, but just I, I'm just going to give the lean to the home court. And I think that's probably where this spread is coming from. If this were being played in Fort Collins uh, at CSU, it probably would be CSU minus one and a half. Uh, uh, you know, or minus three and a half, I should say, you know, giving them an extra couple of points. I think Wyo is going to keep this close. Uh, you're right that the Cowboys are trying to get something to help out uh, their resume to find their way into the postseason. So I'll lean that way. But, oh, man, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be betting this with your money than mine. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I'm happy to serve you up. <laughs> we'll give you a, we'll give you a, we'll give you an early bonus here, Lundy. Uh, and you can throw some shekels down on the Cowboys. And by the way, we've got some reverse line action. On this game, it opened when I saw last night. It was minus one and a half at Ben NGM. And again, now Wyoming is catching the one and a half. I don't get it. Uh, I think Wyoming is actually the better team right now because of their outside shooting. But it is, uh, you know, almost mirror image of one another what these two teams usually bring to the table. So must see TV. Watch this. Trust me. It will be an exciting game. And a lot of yellow and brown. Probably the worst color scheme, by the way. Oh, God. Maybe yes, all of college. it is. Uh, is Wyoming, but hey, the Cowboys could have something to shout about tonight. Uh, We got other things to shout about right now because it's bonus time. What else you got for me, Lundy? Well, I've got three heavy favorites uh, in the NHL tonight, and undoubtedly one of them will screw me, but I'm still going to try to find a way to make this happen. (laughs) Uh, We're going to do three, these three, all three heavy favorites. All of them are minus 200 or worse uh, in terms of the juice, but I'm going to put all three of them together into a Moneyline parlay because it pays me 164 if they can all just hold serve like they're supposed to. That would be the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Edmonton Oilers. Put all three of those together on the Moneyline. It is a plus 164, and 
Brad, you're probably going to tell me that I'm nuts because you know a whole lot more about college basketball uh, than I do. But I cannot figure out why Iowa is only laying five points uh, oh, against be Penn careful. State. Be careful. Um, I'm taking I'm taking the Hawkeyes and I'm laying oh. the five. They're they're playing them for the second time in nine days. They just yep. smoked them by seventeen. I, I know. Uh, and I I just this is this to me is I I know you think it's a trap. I think it's dumb. I think Iowa wins this one by eight or more. I'm laying the I'm laying the five with the Hawkeyes. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say they're in the same game, uh, but I'm going to take a different play. I'm going to take the Hawkeyes under. 72.5 team total points. Pull this one at FanDuel at minus 118. Here's the deal. Now, you know, you could still win your bet, and maybe both of us cash here on this, but Penn State slows it down, man. They slam on the brakes offensively. Uh, they are one of the slowest teams in average possession length in the entire country, the second slowest in the Big Ten. So they're going to try to keep this in a half-court setting, which is the only way you're going to be able to compete against Iowa because they score so many points in transition. They love to fly in this free-flowing Fran McCaffrey offense. Uh, now in that prior matchup, uh, they had the Hawkeyes 68 points against Penn State, uh, and that was the second slowest game that Iowa played in all season long, which is 62 total possessions between the two teams. Now, Iowa's only been under 72.5 points in two of nine Big Ten contests, but again, because Penn State, number 348 in the country, and adjusted tempo uh, is you know so slow and methodical in their execution, and the fact that the Hawkeyes are only shooting 30.1% uncharacteristically from three in Big Ten action, I don't see him surpassing 73 points in this game, though Penn State giving up 1.068 points per possession on defense in league play. But I'm going to take the Hawkeyes again, under 72.5 team total points there. Uh, Speaking of team total points, uh, give me the under on New Mexico uh, against San Diego State on the road, and that under on 61.5 team total points, minus 110 at DraftKings. Aztecs. Just a suffocating 0.822 points per possession allowed in Mountain West play. Uh, they're giving up just 28.3% from three and 38.3% from two. That's otherworldly. Uh, San Diego State also plays at a very, very slow pace. Number 266 in the country in adjusted tempo in New Mexico. So three-point relying. If they're not splashing uh, those contested threes, they're not going to escape the 50s. Tonight, uh, one more college basketball. Let's do a little two-leg money line parlay. Give me Liberty or give me Death uh, at Kennesaw State to win straight up. The Flames, number one in offensive and defensive efficiency inside the Atlantic Sun, five and one overall, coming off their first loss in conference play of the season against Jacksonville State. They should be able to slam the door on the Owls with a whole lot of McGee. And McDowell, those guys shooting prolifically from outside. In fact, the entire team, 43.7% from three in Atlantic Sun play. So Liberty gets the win at Kennesaw State. I'm going to match that with UNC Wilmington getting a W against the Drexel Dragons. Now, Wilmington, one of the biggest surprises in the mid-major level in college basketball. 8-0 and in the Colonial right now. Uh, they have coughed up the fewest turnovers while forcing the most turnovers in the league, and they really get their arms up, uh, at least they will need to in this game, because Drexel, 42.3% of their shots uh, coming from outside. So I think ultimately 
Uh, Wilmington gets the W there. Their last L was way back on December 11th, so I don't think that streak's going to be broken. So if Liberty wins, UNC Wilmington wins, plus 191 at DraftKings Sportsbook. And for S's and G's, one more for you. Let's go to the NBA. Jalen Brown under 34.5 on the PRA against Miami. Uh, he was well short of this in the prior matchup earlier this season against the Heat, and understandably so is the Heat are number eight in the NBA in defensive efficiency. They've also allowed the fewest rebounds per game to opponents and the 10th fewest assists per game as well. So Jalen Brown, the Celtics, under 34.5 there on the PRA, minus 115 at DraftKings. And with that, that is a wrap on this loaded edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? Helps out our show tremendously. And until next time, as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the Noise.